Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. There was a guy, Ronald Brownstein at The Atlantic, uh, who made a statement. He's a he's a leftist, by the way. So just keep this in mind. He had a whole you know uh, talking uh, analysis about the uh, McCarthy Gates thing and all of that. Not to go in depth on all of that, but he had a statement here, and I'm curious what you think because it kind of it, it folds into this discussion that we're having. He says the one sin that cannot be forgiven in the modern Republican Party is being seen as failing to fight the Democratic agenda by any means necessary. And had he had he not said the last part, had he just said the first part, I'm not sure I'd have been on board with it. I kind of I could probably see it from a couple different angles, but. The fact that he adds the last part by any means necessary. I think that that's I think that's important i think that's part of what's going on i've i've been saying this for a couple of years that the the parties are realigning right now and anybody that thinks they know the way this is going to shake out that they're kidding themselves and they're kidding you to put it mildly okay nobody knows how this is going to shake out and yesterday we were talking about i actually got an email um let me see here and go back as stan had said it because we had and i'm going to get to the emails from yesterday the caller mr good citizen who called in at the end um, I'm trying to find it. Here it is on what, because th- this, this fight that's occurring inside the GOP that manifested itself in the ouster of McCarthy, it speaks to a larger fight inside of the right, which is like, what does it mean to be a conservative? What does that even mean? And Stan said in an email to Pete at the Pete calendar show, uh, whether you, he says what meaning of conservative, whether you like it or agree, conservative is now defined as MAGA. And I do not agree with that. And he says whether I like it or agree with it, that's what it's defined as. And I, and I disagree with that. I disagree with the definition. And if that is the case, then I'm still going to fight for the, the definition. Because I fight the left on this, too. We all fight the left, all right? What is one of the things that we're constantly uh, complaining about with leftists is that they constantly hijack terms and rewrite the definitions, right? What's a woman, right? When you, when you take the terms and you reorder the definition in order to cram some other meaning into it so it serves some ulterior motive, I'm not on board with that. I'm not on board with corrupting the language to suit political aims. And this isn't, I'm not talking about conservatism as a philosophy or MAGA or America first or whatever. I'm not talking about any of the philosophy. I'm saying that the words mean different things. I mean, heck inside of conservatism, you got national conservatism, freedom conservatism, right? You've got all sorts of different degrees of it. The Republican party. Now, if he had said like, if Stan had said that the Republic being a Republican means being MAGA, I could understand that. That seems to be, uh, more of the case, but conservatism has a definition, and I don't cede the definition. I, I don't surrender that. Because 
America first, make America great. That stuff is more populism, which has a which has its place, by the way. Absolutely. Look, I mean, I was on board with the Tea Partiers. When that first started up, I was like, yes, stop spending, stop spending, stop spending. That, that, and it had a unifying uh, rallying cry, and it was of conservatism. And then, of course, you know, Boehner and company came along, and it's like, uh, you know, and, and, they, and, and they squashed it. McConnell, Boehner, right? The Republican Party, quote-unquote, establishment crushed the Tea Party in its infancy, or thought they did. And they did. They did a lot of damage. There are a lot of people that came from that Tea Party movement. And to the extent that they are able to, um, to articulate that philosophy of limited government, uh, you know, fiscal restraint, not spending beyond our means, that level of, quote, conservatism, uh, you know, conserving these institutions upon which our society is founded, the family, uh, equality under the law, right? Like these concepts, this philosophy... That's worth protecting. There are people that would prefer to blow up everything with the belief that everything is already destroyed and just like blow up, blow it all up. It's all corrupted, destroy everything, and we'll build anew from the ashes. And that's not, I mean, I hate to say it, that's not conservative. I don't hate to say it. It's important to say it. That's not conservative. Conserving these institutions, protecting them, you know, keeping them. Uh, maintained correctly, right? You, they're man-made constructs. You got to keep, you got to keep maintaining them. Uh, it takes, you know, diligence and and perseverance and uh, attention to detail, like any other. I don't know any other uh, structure. All right, seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. So, do you think that this is true? The one sin that cannot be forgiven in the modern Republican Party is being seen as failing to fight the Democrat agenda. By any means necessary. And by the way, I would throw in there, by any means necessary, even if it loses. And I'm okay sometimes with that. Like the making the argument and failing, even though you make the argument and you are on the right side of the argument, that that has value. I believe that. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. All right, let me go over here. This is uh, Darren. Darren, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Pete. Yeah, what's up? What's uh, going on? I was calling about I was listening to you, and a young lady called earlier talking about how she supported Trump the first time, but chose not to this time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, my scenario is I was wanting to know who do you think the president should be, and who's your candidate that you would fall behind? I don't, well, I mean, over, I mean, definitely not anybody that's running on the Democrat ticket. Uh, there's nobody over there. Now, full disclosure, I have never voted for a major party candidate for president ever. So um, like it's a pretty high bar for me because I have looked at the Republican Party um, warily and uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I see I have seen them pursuing agenda items and governing uh, sort of like, hey, we're going to the same destination as the Democrats. We're just going a little bit more slowly. Right. So I, I would prefer, like, for example, uh, 2016, I liked Rand Paul because he was the only one talking about reigning in executive uh, power and restoring power back to the constitutional boundaries with the legislature uh, and away from the executive branch. I, so I liked Rand Paul, uh, but, you know, he lost. He was out. Um, then it was um, Ted Cruz. I liked Ted Cruz in the primary. 
Um, but he didn't win either. So Donald Trump became the candidate and he became the nominee. Now, this time around, I don't know. Like, uh, there, we still got a lot of time. I don't know who's all going to even be in there. I don't think I like a lot of the, like, I, I, Doug Burgum was actually kind of interesting. I've done no research on him, but I, he was kind of interesting to me, but I don't know anything about him. Um, not a fan of Nikki Haley. She's a little bit too neocon. Not a fan of Chris Christie. Um, he's a little bit too huggy on the beach with Obama, you know? Uh, so, uh, and like, so yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't have to decide right now. I do like, um, I do like Ron DeSantis. I like Tim Scott somewhat, like a little bit, but really not so much. Um, but I, like, if I'm looking for competence, that's what I'm looking for. Somebody that understands how to get stuff done. And at the executive level to unwind bad policy, right? That's so that that's now just like with Rand Paul. That's I want someone to rein in spending. I want someone to shrink the federal government. That's what I want. So anybody that can do that, or or I have the or I believe can do that, I am more likely to support. Does that answer the question? Because I don't know who I like. I, yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I was just kind of looking for an answer because. It seems like I've been, I was brought up thinking, you know, you always had to vote for the less of the evil. You know, mm-hmm. there's always been deals made in the government among everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, Trump's a little bit boyish, and he's said some things that's probably made people want to crawl under a rug. But as far as his actions, as far as, like, everybody saying he wants to make the deal, well, you know, he does make the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, does he make everybody happy? No. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds awful, but I can kind of overlook his brashness and some of his comments. But if he can make things happen for us as a country and get things somewhat back to normal, which I don't think ever will be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's what got McCarthy booted was the deal making. Except he was talking to both sides of his mouth and he got caught. But but um, wait wait but that's yeah, the thing is like we, so wait so hang on I'm confused if it's if you want the deal maker then why why ask the deal maker no 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 that ain't what I'm saying I'm okay saying he does make the deals I was just voting for the less of the evils of okay we were presented with mm-hmm. and at the time yes he did do a lot of things that a lot of presidents didn't do but now I mean. Who can you stand behind? Because each one of them's got a little skeleton in the closet. Yeah, I guess you just have to there again, pick the less of the evils and, mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think? Who do you think is the lesser of the evils in the GOP primary? <sighs> uh, I really don't think any of them, just like you said, are competent. At least Trump has been there to kind of get. You don't wait. On. So you don't you don't think governors or senators. Are competent, but Trump is. And I'm saying, I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying the ones, that, the candidates that are running right now. Right, I'm that's sure what I'm saying. Several senators or congressmen there that can do it if they'll stand up and do it. Okay, so it's so it's a matter of will, not competence. Exactly. Okay. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, 
tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me go to some uh, messages here. They're they're backing up. Um, This is from Puddin, who says, uh, does the lady who called about the poor cabinet personnel... Uh, there was a caller who said, "What you know? Who is Trump going to have in his second term uh, in his cabinet? Right? Who's going to want to do that?" And uh, that's a concern for her. Does the uh, lady who called about the poor cabinet personnel think the cross dresser who steals luggage is better than Omarosa? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, better dressed or? <laughs> um, oh no! So it just got me thinking. Like who who? I mean, think of all of the people that have been appointed by Trump that then turned into critics of his. So either he picked poorly, right? He tricked or they all of these people tricked him or something um, or he didn't know who to rely on for the picks to make the nominations. I, I, I don't because what you got. Remember, uh, Defense Secretary Mattis. Um. Navy Secretary Richard Spencer, John Bolton, remember that one? John Kelly, H.R. McMaster. These are all people that then criticized Trump afterwards. Uh, Tom Bossert at Homeland Security. Um, there was the guy who was the uh, message, uh, mess- he was like message strategy guy. Um, Sims, Scaramucci. Um, Ty Cobb, lawyer, national elected and baseball player as well. People don't really know that about him, but yeah. It was Gary Cohn, the uh, National Economic Council director. Nikki Haley was one of them, obviously. Remember Rex Tillerson? Remember that guy? Uh, Kurt Volker, Jeff Sessions. I mean, there have been a lot of people that turned into big critics now and i'm not going to litigate all of these things and i'm not saying that they're good he's bad or he's good they're bad whatever but to the point of finding people to join your administration and you know that if if anything goes sideways i mean come on right you you know you're gonna get savaged right that it's gonna happen (laughs) if you if you i mean they're look at mark meadows the guy has done like all this stuff for Trump for all these years, he's now under indictment, and he's like they're calling him a rat and all this stuff. So I I don't know, you know, people who are very interested in maintaining their career in that world, you can call it the swamp. But he's who is he going to put around him, and why didn't he do it the last time? But now he knows, and he'll do it differently or whatever. I I don't I don't know. Maybe so. But I think, I mean, I do. I think that's a, it's a fair question to ask is who are you going to have surrounding you? Um, Mark says, Pete, as you know, voting for the lesser of two evils is still supporting evil. It would seem that those who are best described as politically homeless are gravitating to RFK Jr. 
Bobby just might have the juice to pull it off. Oh, Mark. <laughs> Mark, <laughs>、uh, I, I, I love Mark, but I also kind of hate Mark a little bit because Mark was one of these guys that uh, uh, put me on the path to libertarianism and to never seeing any presidential candidate I vote for ever win. So I got. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. And go over to Jim. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the program. How are you? All right, Pete.、Uh, I told your、uh, screener that I thought Trump's biggest appeal to the American electorate also turned out to be his Achilles heel. He wasn't a politician.、Mm-hmm. He wore that moniker, you know, everybody, yeah, that's what we need. And yet, It all led to chaos because he didn't have the political acuity to make decisions that a politician, someone like Lyndon Johnson, would have had no difficulty making. Probably,、uh, first thing, fired Comey、uh, instead of Jeff Sessions, who basically、uh, got scared because he talked to some Russian、uh, embassy official or something. He picked Chris Christie or someone like that. He wouldn't have had that Russia gate. They'd stop that dossier and all that garbage, and he wouldn't have had it. But here's my question How can the American people, even though they don't like a president or a former president who has the rough linguistics that Donald Trump has and causes the chaos he does, even in his own cabinet, how can they vote to keep a party in power? That basically lied to them and manipulated every way they could for three or four years, and they're still doing it to take their freedom and to basically marginalize any vote for any Republican because they just want power. How can the electorate, the only way they can do it is because the media is in the tank for them. If the public knew. If the public probably, and I'm not saying Fox is the paragon, but if they knew everything that was on Fox contrary to what's on these other networks, I don't think the Democrats would have a chance in 2024. But that's, that's where we are in America. And right, that's all that, I've got to say. Well, Jim, I think, though, that's where we have been for a long time. And the, the,、yeah, I agree with you that Trump. Did not speak as a politician because he wasn't one. And that was,、uh, it was authentic, right? I mean, that was the thing. I, I completely agree. It's a double edged sword. There was so much benefit in the way that he spoke, and he, he did not behave or speak like a politician. And that's what people viewed, I think, as authentic and telling it like it is and all of that.、Um, and I think, like, you're trying to see Republican politicians on the stage, on the debates. 
trying to to be like that, but they just can't. You know, they're they're they lack that whatever that chip in the brain is. I don't know. They they lack it. Um, and they they and they try, and that's where you end up with like the Chris Christie. Uh, you know, we're going to call you Donald Duck, like those lame zingers that they try. They're not just, it's not believable, right? Because Trump is just, he's a one of a kind. On the other he's hand, a though. Disruptor, a disruptor. Right. And so when you ask why people would, um, why people would still go, would still, uh, or would not go along with him, despite all of these other things, that's the reason why. That's part of the reason why is you said it, no. chaos. No, no, you said it, chaos. And disruption, and people want off the train. People want it to stop, and they don't know how to make it stop. But they don't like the other guy either because he's he's bad in a different way. You know. I was speaking broadly, though, of what took place, and what what took place after the 2016 election, with everyone trying to come up with a way to derail him. Mm -hmm. The derail his administration, I think he, they had the House and they had the Senate. Mm-hmm. And I think they even were hoping, gosh, he's not one of us. Somebody's got to take him out. We can't have this. Yeah, McCain. That's why they didn't do anything. Well, John McCain being one of them. Um, look, there, yeah. were, there are Republicans at, at, at the very beginning that, yes, absolutely believe that. But remember, they also did some stuff, right? They got the tax bill done. They got the passage of that, right? He turned over the the judge appointments over to the Federalist Society, right? They they were moving things. But I think also at the time, I remember I speak for myself, people, we did not know if all of the smoke that we were seeing, whether there was fire, because there was so much information coming out to your point about, you know, attacking the guy and the Russia stuff. People didn't know what was true and what wasn't. And I think also to the point you made earlier, because he wasn't a politician, he wasn't able to snuff that crap out. In fact, what it took, what's his face? Um, uh, Devin Nunes, right? No, Devin Nunes running over to the White House and be like, yo, yo, this like he tried like he's the one who went over to the White House and said to them, this is the thing that's going on because he had seen the the back end of it. Right. He, right. he saw it and he alerted them. So I don't know, maybe if he had better, you know, po- politically uh, attenuated uh, people around him, maybe they could have done something differently. I don't know. That's just speculation. I, I said this from the very beginning. One of the things that that hamstrings a candidate, and this is not Trump specifically, because the same thing happened to Carter. When you come from the outside, nobody owes you anything, and you owe, you don't owe anybody anything either. But that means it's more difficult to trade off of relationships and history that you have with people, favors owed and all of that stuff. It's, it's more difficult to get stuff done, and people may not like that, and that's the swamp, but it does make it more difficult to get stuff done, and you need people who know how to navigate that, I think, in order to actually get stuff done. Well, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate it. It's a good point. No, I think uh, you speak a lot of truth, Jim. You do. Like there's that it's a like double-edged sword. He said it. It's exactly right. Pros and cons to that. And this is when I get into the, you know, don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining, which is people who believe it's only a plus. He's an outsider. That's only a plus. Mm-mm. No, there, there are downsides to that too. You don't know who's who you can trust. You don't know whose advice you're getting, what their machinations might be, their history. Who's this guy, right? You end up associating with people that because you didn't know who they were, and you put them in a position, and they're like, what are you doing putting them in that position? And because the media 
is just inherently geared to, to attack you because you're a Republican, right? You've got to be extra careful or you got to know how to respond. And if you don't have any of that experience, it's way more difficult. You know, somebody also pointed out here. Remember, yeah, Bill Barr. That was another one. Kayleigh McEnany. That was another one, right? These were picks that he made that. Again, like, who do you surround yourself with? Can you build a team, you know? And uh, can, and then when you, once you build the team, can you lead the team to get stuff done? I got this message from Jeff. He says, I don't see embarrassment because I earlier I said that uh, there are a lot of people that do not want to be embarrassed or humiliated by their candidate, right? They don't want to be out there saying, I like, you know, Joe Smith. For Congress, Joe Smith is awesome. Joe Smith is this. Joe Smith is that. And their friends know they're pro-Joe Smith, right? And they got signs out in the yard. Joe Smith, we we love Joe. Joe Cool, whatever. And uh, then, you know, Joe Smith gets caught, you know, flipping hamburgers on a grill that's not lit and maybe having an affair. Like, that's not, like, that's that's not something people want to then have to defend. They don't want to have to defend their vote for Joe Smith. And so they'll lie. They'll say they didn't vote for Joe Smith. But if it's before an election, they just won't go vote for Joe Smith. They'll leave it blank or they'll vote for some third party or they'll vote for the other guy. I don't know. So I said that a lot. there are people that do not want, there are a lot of people that don't want to be embarrassed by their candidate or their party. Why do you think so many people are unaffiliated in states that allow that? They, they don't like the baggage of being attached to a party because there are a whole bunch of people in the party and be just the law of large numbers means there's going to be a whole bunch of dumbassery going on. And then people are going to be, especially if you're a Republican, defend or disavow, defend or disavow, right? They're going to stick a microphone in your face saying, uh, what do you think of your candidate over in this other state that did something? Perfect illustration of this story. Do you remember when The Daily Show came to North Carolina, came to Asheville? Do you remember this? The Daily Show came to Asheville. And they went around to do a story about, I don't even remember what the original purpose of the story was, but it turned into a completely different segment. Daily Show is a comedy show where they make fun of Republicans, right? That, that's basically it. Well, they end up catching up with this guy, Don Yelton. And I had met Don Yelton when I first got there. I went to a couple school board meetings and I saw him and I met him and he would call in. We would talk. I had him on the show and this and that. Uh, we eventually had a falling out over this very thing because the, but he was, I mean, he was a nice guy. He was kind of, you know, he's, he's rough around the edges, but um, he's, he has now since dis, uh, he died, he's passed away. But um, he and I had this kind of, this relationship, like it was a combative antagonistic to some degree on his part towards me. But um, because I had told him when he came in, he had done this thing with the daily show. And I said, why on earth would you talk to them? And he said, well, I recorded the whole thing. I said, that's not going to matter. It's the Daily Show. They're going to edit you down and they're going to make you look like an idiot. And then they're going to impugn everybody on the right based on your answers. That's what the Daily Show does. And he seemed to think that, no, no, this will be different. And it was not. <laughs> it was not. And he, he then, the, the show airs, and they got him talking about how, you know, uh, black people this, black people that, and it's like all of this. And it's like, and he's, and my best friend is black. That's what he said. And, and it, his best friend is black, actually a civil rights guy, and who came to his defense. But it didn't, none of that mattered. None of it mattered. 
And I tried to tell him, don't do it. He did it. It played out exactly like I said it was going to play out, and he got mad at me. And then he, but then he came onto my show and resigned his position. And you know what the, you know what the media cast this as? The media cast it as Republican official, top Republican official says it was over, like voter registration laws are meant to suppress black votes. The guy was a precinct chairman and got the seat because. He and his wife, very sweet lady, he and his wife showed up at an organization meeting, a precinct organizational meeting, and there were three people there. And he and his wife won two to one. (laughs) He became precinct chair and she was vice chair, I think. That's it. And now he's some sort of Republican official, right? That's how they do you. Anyway, let me get back to this uh, message from Jeff. I don't see embarrassment playing a part for Democrats because they have managed to completely purge themselves of shame. Incidentally, a pretty good portion of Republicans are right there with them. Another reason I switched. Um, Let me see. Uh, He made a lot of bad picks, Mark says, including trusting Fauci. Not a good look for a major businessman. That's true. That's the thing, too. And I think that's I I do suspect that's why he won't get on the stage to debate. And I've heard people say, oh, it's because of the gag order, this and that. That's bull. You know, that's bull because he's standing in front of the courthouse like every morning doing press conferences. He's he's not he's not afraid of a gag order from a judge. Okay, he's so if he wanted to debate, he would. I suspect that his camp doesn't see any value in it because there's only downside for him. Right. That's the strategy. There's just downside. What's the downside? You're going to get hammered on the COVID stuff because he refuses to say anything bad about the shot, about the vaccines, or or the commendation he gave to Fauci and Burks. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It just, it seems pretty obvious to me. But what do I know, right? I'm just a little old radio host. Anyway, thanks a lot for uh, all the calls, all the emails. I know I didn't get to everybody. I apologize, but I will see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.